You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles hunting podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and on this podcast, you will find tons of relevant information that will help you become more successful in the field. You'll hear product information directly from the manufacturer and success stories from guys and gals just like you. Sit back, relax, and pour a stiff drink. This episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast starts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Now, today, we're going to be talking about ozonics, right? And uh, this is a something called a real people, real results podcast um, where other people have shared, they share their experience with ozonics. And at the end, I'm going to share my experience uh, with ozonics and ozone technology. So um, basically what we're doing is there's two guys, uh, one's, uh, one guy, Dan Kors, and the other guy, Jake Meyer, and uh, they're going to share their experience with ozonics, right? It, this is a pretty simple podcast. Uh you know, I talked to them about what got them to start using Ozonics, what their success was with Ozonics, um, how they think Ozonics kind of changed the game and and whatnot. So uh, just a really simple laid back podcast where I'm not trying to push any products on anybody. All I'm doing is sharing experiences uh, with Ozonics and Ozone technology. So the the first person we're going to be talking to is Dan Kors. Now, he's been on the podcast before and he's talked to. Uh, uh, about arrows and he's talked about hunting down in texas and uh he is from texas and he's going to talk about how he uses ozone 
within his scent regimen and how successful he, he was in a blind using Ozonics, right? I, I know a lot of people out there are tree stand hunters. And uh, so Dan is a ground blind hunter uh, some of the time. You know, he he splits it up between ground blind and, and tree stand. But uh, uh, he shares his experience with Ozonics in a ground blind. In this uh, segment, I talk with Dan and I kick it off by asking him, how long has he been using in Ozonics? Uh, Dan, I've been using Ozonics for about three seasons now. Okay. All right. So what made you want to, I guess, what was that, what was that pushing point that got you to buy Ozonics and and try it out? Well, I I knew I wanted to try one after I was talking to a hunting buddy of mine. Uh, Actually, he's a colleague, but we were talking about um, his experience with Ozonics. And, uh, he told me that he had a yearling doe uh, stick her nose in his ground blind while he was <laughs> sitting in the blind. And I, and I said, really? And he was like, yeah. I said, you have to be kidding, right? He's like, no, I'm absolutely serious. And this guy, he, he's like the most, one of the most honest people I know, you know? Right. Uh, so so I, I really wasn't inclined to disbelieve him, but I just, I was just so surprised, you know, my, my experiences with deer had never been, you know, just beyond an arm's reach of a, of a live wild deer. So at that point I believed him and I said, I have to try one of these. So I didn't get one right away, but I knew that I wanted to, to have one at, at, at that moment. Gotcha. So sometime, sometime later I started hunting around, you know, checking deals, looking who had a special and that sort of thing, trying to find a good deal on one. And uh, I finally found one that I wanted to try, and I pulled the trigger on it. And I I, I cannot leave my vehicle without that thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I get a lot. I get a lot of people with that who I talk to about that with that same. You know, that same, they say that, you know, if I have to turn around and go back home to get it, I'll turn around and go back home to get it because they believe it works, you know, it works so well. The The next logical question for me then is, you know, was this something that you noticed working immediately or did it take a couple of uh, aha moments or smaller moments that let you know that, hey, this, uh, this thing really works? Well... <clears throat> I didn't notice it immediately, right? Um, that first year I used it, I had a unique hunting situation on, on my lease here in Texas where I pretty much had one location that I was hunting all the time. And that's not my preference. It's just kind of how that particular lease that I fell into, it's kind of how it's set up, right? Right. So anyway, I, I had a pop-up ground blind that I used and I would hang the Ozonics in the blind and, you know, usually just like the manufacturer suggests where you kind of create this draft situation as much as possible, where you have, have like a, a window behind you. Let's say, let's say the wind's coming from behind my blind. I'll crack that window. And then the windows that I shoot from that might be out in front of me, I have those open and I have the ozonics where it will kind of, kind of rain down this ozone as the draft comes through the back crack window and out the front. Right. And, and, you know, it's picking up my scent. So I kind of let, let my scent flow through this, this curtain of ozone. So 
So anyway, I did this several hunts and this one particular hunt that really, really made me the biggest believer. I had, I had a, a few does come in and they were feeding out in front of me. And, you know, I, I, I'd already taken the animal, so I really didn't need a doe at that moment. So this always unnerves me. You're like, man, these deer are going to be here for 30 minutes. They're going to eventually get downwind of me and blow me out or do whatever, right? So I'm, I'm just so nervous about the situation because they're really like, like within 15 yards of me and I'm on the ground, right? So I'm pretty much eye level with these deer. And most of them move off and leave, but there's this one that she just kept feeding. And when she fin- finally finished feeding, she starts walking towards my blind. So she's like nine yards, you know, seven yards. And then she walked, she literally walked the path that I take to get to enter my blind. She walks that path and now she's out, out, out of my sight, which is like maybe six or seven yards outside my blind. And I, I peeked through like a crack in the back of my uh, blind, one of the windows or zipper or something. I could barely see a little bit of light through there. She literally walked within about three paces of the rear door of my blind. And I was like, now she's completely downwind of me. And I mean, I was holding my breath. I'm thinking she's going to hear me swallow my heartbeat or something. I'm like, and she just walked by and then I, and just walked on about her way. And, uh, I was like, this is unreal, you know? And, uh, at that, at that moment, I was convinced. You know, I, I'd never not use this thing if I could at all uh, afford to. Right, right. So, I mean, that right there is a, a really big example of, of, you know, it working. Um, did Has there any, been any example that you can think of where maybe um, the deer m- maybe got a whiff of it, got spooked, but didn't blow? Because that's, that's an example that I get every once in a while where if it's uh, – if the ozone starts to pool in a certain area or there's not a lot of wind or it's just a real consistent wind, sometimes the, the consistency of the ozone in certain places downwind will hit hard. So it's almost like a perfect line, right? They walk in, mm-hmm. they get mm-hmm. hit with that ozone real hard, and then they, they, they kind of get spooked. I, I, I don't want to use the word spooked, but they, they catch it all one big nose whiff of it and th- they go tense because they've never smelled it before. Have you had an example right. like that? I've I've had several situations like that, and generally, you know, I don't. I think people get the wrong impression of ozonics sometimes. Um, you know, being a bow hunter, my my biggest, the biggest thing I'm after is to have this animal in range for long enough for me to execute a shot. Right. Any anything longer than that is just a bonus. But right. that to me, that's a win if they can. If they can be within range long enough for me to execute a shot, whether I get one or not or take the shot or if it's the right animal, that's all I'm really asking for, right? And I've had situations, it seems like to me, that the younger the animal is, the more they're bothered by the odor of ozone. And uh, and, and, and they don't, I've never had them like really spook and run off. It, it looks like it, they act as though it piques their curiosity yeah. more than, I mean, it's not like they come to it and try and say, let me go see what this is, but it makes them pause and they'll, you know, try to get a better, better whiff of it. 
you know, they'll lick their nose and, 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 and try to catch the wind a little better. But it, I've never had it where I noticed them get spooked by it, I'll say. They might get curious and kind of perk up and look that way and try to catch more of it, but not really like, whoa, let me get out of here. What, what is this? Um, so I count those as wins. Now, I got to say, in the ground blind situation, I think the stuff is just wicked. I mean, it's unreal, the results I see there. Right. When I've used it in the tree, sometimes that's a little more challenging. And, I, and, I, and I'll say that I've been blown out at times in the tree. But you, you're more exposed. You get swirling winds. You right. deal more with thermals. They're, they're, it's so much harder, I think, when you're in the tree. But I've had a lot of success in the tree with it as well. Yeah. But the ground blind, I, I'm afraid of – I'm not afraid of almost any wind when I take care of all the other things I need to do. Right. my other scent control regiment, and then get in the ground blind. The, the ozonics unit just tops it off. Yeah. What is your other scent control regimen outside of ozonics? Oh, man. So, some people might say I go pretty, pretty far. I'm, I'm one of those more, probably more extreme guys, but it works for me, so I don't really bother to change it. So what, what I do is... <clears throat> I use I use carbon clothing. I do I do subscribe to that. I use uh, not all of my clothing, but but a lot of it. I usually have some component of carbon layering in, in what I wear. I uh, I wear you know head covers and gloves. When I wash my clothes, I wash it in you know scent-free detergent. I use one that's uh, that's uh, an oxidizing agent in the detergent, so it kind of it kind of oxidizes bacteria and odors uh, for longer periods once it's you know exposed to, to air. And I store all my clothes and, and basically, you know those little vacuum seal bags you can use when you travel yep. or what have you? I have a bunch of those. I store my clothes in that or either small things like socks and underwear. I put those in Ziploc bags. And then I store all of that in like a watertight storage bins. Right. Right. And uh, I, I don't even go and my wife gives me a hard time. I don't even go in there and do my hunting laundry and all of that. I don't pick anything out of the bin unless I go wash my hands in my free soap first. <laughs> That's not serious. Man. I, get, I get nutty. You're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I don't even start touching the clothes until I wash my hands. Man. And, uh, and, and like <laughs> when, <laughs> Say if I'm gonna go hunting for the weekend, right? So it's 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 Thursday night, thir- Friday morning. Like the last shower I take at home before I go, I'm taking that in scent-free soap, and then I'll take another shower at camp or wherever in scent-free soap. So almost like two showers before, I'm like trying to get scent-free already. Right. You know. Right. Now. Every day, I don't do that, but when it comes down to crunch time, I get fanatical about it, and uh, it's it's just what what I do. Now, I do that in conjunction, and I use the same field spray stuff, you know. Uh, I do all of that in conjunction with Ozonics, and I rarely have a problem. I won't say never, but it's very, very rare. Right, right. And, and, you know, er early season where I hunt, it's nothing for it to be 80, 85, 90 degrees. And you're sitting in a, 
in a tree stand or in the blind for like three, four hours and you're sweating bullets almost the whole time. Yeah. It, 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 it takes a lot to fool a deer at that point. So I don't mind being a little fanatical. And, you know, this year I, I killed my buck. It was, it was October, early October. You know, my goal is to be done with hunting season before Thanksgiving. Like I got no more room in the freezer, no more time. You know, I mean, well, I might have time, but I'm like, I'm like done. I'm, I'm like deered out. That's my goal is to burn out before, before Thanksgiving. I haven't <laughs> quite done that yet, but that's my goal. Right. You know, that, cause I hate hunting in the cold and, you know, the bad days when it's just storming and stuff. I'll let you guys have that, man. But I, I want to be done in, in early November. I almost pulled it off, but I haven't quite done it yet. Right. And right. I, I think in order to do that, you got to be, you got to be a little nutty about yeah. everything. I, and well, that, that nuttiness towards your scent regimen, you know, and then you add something on top of it, like an ozonics, like, I have no doubt that all your your scent control bases are covered. I, I try to keep it that way. I try to keep, and, and I talk to people all the time and they say, man, this happened, this happened, this happened. I say, well, what was the win? What'd you do? And, and there's always a hole in something that you're doing. Right. I try to minimize those holes and then, you know, kind of create my own luck after that, you know. You know, Dan had some really interesting things to say there on how the Ozonics basically is an assistant to his already, like, bulletproof set regimen, right? So it just helps him even more when he goes out into the timber. Now, the next person we talked to is Jake Myers of Michigan. And I really like this story because it's happened to me a couple times where a group of does come through downwind and the ozonics works and you don't get busted right and then that leads to an encounter with uh another target deer right uh so i'm not even gonna go into any more detail about jake's experience i just kick it off by asking him you know what led him to picking up an ozonics and why why that was well i've been listening to a lot of the podcasts uh um, nine fingers and everybody has had one needing to get one. I did my research on it. I found that I wasn't ready to jump full in, um, bought the 200 and really went from there. Um, bought it two years ago. Um, got great success out of it within the first uh, three, four days of using it. Okay, so uh, describe really quick what some of that success was. Well, I uh, set out on a doe mission out on a 35-acre piece out on the outskirts of the main property I hunt, just trying to get a feel for what was going on. It was uh, opening day. Um, Had a few work by, but nothing really presented itself, but they they were all right in my wind. And I was really sold from there that I it was I was going to continue to use this. Gotcha. So walk us through that in a little bit more detail, right? Because deer downwind, right? And most of the time, when you say that, the next the next sentence is, and then they ran away because they smelled me, 
right? So, so was this something that you were just like, hey, man, this should not be working this well? I mean, did they get a whiff of you and they didn't run away? How did that whole all play out? They they could tell something was up, but they if I think it was masking the human odor just enough to throw them off, which I like around here because you got to have an advantage being Michigan. It's a pretty pressured state. So I just tried to use it to my advantage and uh, had great success with just like the first few days. Like I said, uh, went in on the doe mission and ended up seeing a very nice buck, which led to the buck I shot. That's awesome. So just from a, like a usability standpoint, you know, once you got, once you, you know, purchased the Ozonics, you got it, and you started using it, um, did you feel it was simple to use? If I mean, did you follow the instructions, or are you the kind of guy like me who, instructions, I don't need instructions. You just throw them away, and you just start playing with stuff. Or, or you know, what? I guess my question is, was this easy to, to use and operate? Yeah, I found it very easy to use. I uh, simply just asking a friend and watching the videos and all the stuff i put it about oh 12 to standing there 12 to 16 inches above my head and pointed it down and turned it on uh and really only smelled it when i stood up or got a good down draft but i did like uh i just I, you could smell it i felt it was working it was it was definitely easy to easy to use yeah yeah Okay. So Michigan, like you said, is a, is a really high pressure state. Lots of other hunters, you know, deer are getting with, you know, full nose of human odor all the time. Right. And, and, you know, that is, that's what keeps them safe. Now, the, the first couple times that you, that you brought in Ozonics into the tree with you, um, you mentioned that the does knew something was up but you know they didn't run out of there completely scared right so right was this a how, how far away were they uh when when they were downwind of you they were only maybe 30 40 yards i'm sitting this piece i hunted cuz i only the first year i had it i hunted this piece specifically just because i ran into that buck that very first night so I was hunting it every day and it's only a five acre piece of marsh bedding that is 150 yards behind a house. Okay. Um, so these does come, they work out of this marsh and out of the cornfield and move by me to get to the other ag field, which happened to be beans. And so they were passing by me at 10 yards and then worked out into my wind at 40 yards. Okay. And that was just kind of, that was just the staging area. That's what they were. The main deer pattern was, was working out into that area. Right. Right. So downwind, was this like downwind, was this the deer moving through or did, 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 was your wind blowing to a place where the deer would congregate? Yeah. My wind, it was, I couldn't have my wind blow anywhere else because that's just where the deer were coming from and we were having uh weird east winds that year so i was dumping my wind out towards the road but i kept getting 
kicks out of the south from the wind so it was pushing out into the staging area and just um so that ozonix helped out a lot it was i was hunting off just off wind which put my wind probably 15 20 yards into the edge of the staging area right okay so basically you were cutting the wind pretty hard but because of the shift of the wind it was blowing into um a staging area and it sounds like because your the property that you hunt's only five acres you're limited with tree stand placement so if you want to hunt yep. you you have to hunt and you know you, your options are limited yep yep and i'm only i think i walk in about 80 yards off the road and set right up on the edge but i don't go into it it's just kind of i let all the marsh in between me and the house that just stays put and they bed and they work right or right around the inner edge of it and they stage in this it's i don't know it's probably an acre or two of like crp it's on the higher ground of this marsh and then that's when they they'll meander out there eat and then they work into the they were working into the bean field is what they were doing gotcha okay so you know you mentioned that you ran into a pretty good buck on this property right yep all right so why don't you walk us through the story of you harvesting this buck and how the Ozonics played a role in in you harvesting this buck? All right, well, I'll go back to October 1st. Like I said, I was on a doe mission on this little five-acre piece of bedding that was on the edge of a cornfield and tried to shoot a few does, Um didn't have any success with that. Just didn't have the shot opportunity. But towards the end of the night, I uh, seen a buck, very nice buck, filtering through the marsh out uh, towards the bean field. And so that from the moment on, I knew I'd seen this buck. I was going to hunt him. And I just getting this Ozonics uh, gave me a little bit of confidence that I could hunt off wind, just off winds and stuff. I could push my luck a little more. So I hunted a few times that week off and on on these east winds we were having uh in michigan which are just they're kind of awkward um and it rolled down to sunday and it would just pressure was up everything looked good so i headed out early got the ozonics up in the tree got that going the wind was switching from uh east to southeast and putting it right into the staging area like it had been doing the last couple of days and uh i chanced it and about oh six six thirty the does filtered out of the marsh just like they do every time and hit this staging area and it was probably a worse wind than i thought they got out in there they walked right by me stood they ate never no noise not a peep and I don't know, five minutes of watching them, I looked back right out of where they came from, and there's this nice buck standing there scratching his back with his rack, and I couldn't believe it. I stood up, grabbed my bow, drew on him, just as it, it all seemed like it was one motion, and uh, let him take two more steps out of the marsh, and he was 20 yards broadside, and um hit him right there uh right in the lungs and he went and he died 10 yards from the road right there in the 
uh, tall grass. Well, first thing I, I think of is uh, that's an easy drag to the road, right? I'd take that any oh, day. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I could not believe it. Uh, I watched him tip over. It was. It was. It was nuts. Man, that's but awesome. I, I don't think this hunt would have never came together if those does. If those does blow at me, if they think something's up, and I don't think he comes out. Yeah. It's, or he's back there watching them. And he's he's watching their body movement or their body language, right? And if they seem tense, he's holding up, right? It could be one of one of several things that happens. And I, dude, like I'm telling you right now, I've had more times where since I started using Ozonics, it's not the buck that walks downwind, you know. It's the does that walk downwind of me, and they don't they don't blow out which means that I have an encounter with the buck that comes through later. You know what I mean? And yep. that's that's it, exactly what it sounds like happened to you this year. And it did its job. And the does kind of, I don't know. It, let me ask you this then. Is the area that you hunt high pressure? I know, we all know Michigan's a high pressure state, but is the area that you hunt high pressure? Do you feel like these deer would have like blown you out of the water if you didn't have that ozonics in the tree oh yeah they would have they would have known i was there there's uh there's hunters all around i get uh i help out a farmer so i get to hunt a lot of their land which is a lot of fence rows and stuff like that there's not much woods and this piece happens to be it's a 35 acre chunk but there's a house the three acres separated for a house and then there's just this little five acres of marsh bedding that's tucked up on this corner and when there's corn around it 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 sets up perfect for bedding yeah yeah i believe it i believe it well that's awesome that's awesome man i'm glad it, i'm glad it all worked out for you and uh just kind of curious other than an ozonics you know what's your what's your scent regimen like uh i I wash all my stuff religiously and it goes scent proof totes. And then I run the Ozonics. I, I don't do any of the scent crusher totes. I, I just don't want it ruining the elastic. Cause from what I've heard, I have, I don't have never used my, it myself, but yeah. uh, nope. I just like trying to be scent, scent free. I try to be a ghost when I'm out there. That's, that's my main goal. You know, that's another awesome example of uh, what ozone technology uh, and ozonics can do uh, for you while you're in the tree stand, right? Um, a group of does comes by downwind. It's kind of a safety harness on top of his already solid scent regimen that he does. Uh, so it's just kind of, like I said, a, a safety valve. Now, now I want to share with you um, my experience from this past year with myozonics and how I use it right so the first thing I want to do is just kind of run through how what my scent regimen is right so during the morning like let's just say it's the middle of the rut right and I'm hunting every morning and I'm hunting every night my scent regimen is I wake up I take a shower I go out to the garage I put my my camel on at the at the house right wherever um 
wherever I, I'm at. And I take it out of the dry wash bag. And so I run the, a dry wash cycle overnight. And so my, my clothes are fresh and odor free in the morning, right? I get dressed at the house. Um, and if there's any additional heavy layers that I throw in my backpack and I'll get dressed at the tree, right? So I don't sweat going in. So the ozone is on me. Uh, walking in and I feel that that alone your access to the tree is one of the most important things and if you can do that scent free uh, and smell like ozone walking in and you smell less like human that's a huge win that's that's what I feel anyway so take my clothes out of the dry wash bag get dressed go to the tree stand, and obviously I'm playing the wind. Now, I play the wind real aggressive on uh, certain setups because I want the deer to feel like they have the advantage when they're coming through the areas that I hunt. So um, I'm playing the wind really, really aggressively for the most part, right? You know, I call some of these hunts, and you've probably heard it on this podcast before, uh, called 50-50 hunts. Where if that wind swirls a little bit, man, there's a 50% chance that uh, I'm getting busted, right? Or 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 there, my downwind scent stream is going to cross paths with these deer before they get into shooting range. Now, if they if they're in shooting range and something you know something happens, you know at least I have that opportunity to get a shot off before you know before this I mean, if I get busted potentially, right? So. I'm scent free going into the timber and then just like everybody else who uses an ozonics, I put the unit above my head and turn it on and point it downwind. Uh, and I'm still playing the wind. Uh, I'm still uh, using the ozonics in the tree and uh, that's the, that's how I use it for the most part. Now, uh, in addition to my scent regimen in the morning, I'll get out of the tree, right? Get undressed at the bottom of the a tree, put my clothes in the bag, I'll go home, right? Um, depending on if I did sweat a lot or not, I may take an afternoon shower. Most of the time, I don't. Now, like the other two guys in this uh, in this podcast who've talked, they are really anal about their scent regimen. I am not because I feel that if you can play the wind and your access is right and then I have the safety valve in the tree with me, I really think that that's good for me, right? I'm not overly anal about scent control um, as far as, you know, making sure all my clothes are in different bags and wearing rubber gloves when I take on and off all, all of my stuff. That's just not me, right? Um, one thing that I, I do know is I'm washing my clothes less throughout this season because of Ozonics. I'm taking less uh, scent-free showers uh, throughout the season. I'm using less of those sprays. I, I still use some sprays, uh, not a lot, but if, if I get sweaty or if, let's say, I spill something on my camo or like coffee or whatever, I'll still use some of those sprays, hang them on the line, let them dry, and then once they're dry, I'll throw them into the Ozonics or the, the dry wash bag and hang them in and run a cycle. So... So that's kind of how I use Ozonics throughout, let's say, a daily routine during the rut when I'm hunting a lot, right? Now, I want to kind of walk you through what happened this year. 
Uh, now it rained all day and this past season in regards to my buck, one of the biggest bucks I've ever shot. Right. Um, it's a five-year-old buck. He scored 154. Now, as we all know, score doesn't mean shit when you're talking about, you know, a white tail's nose. Right. So I was on one of these 50, 50 hunts in a terrain feature where I needed him to, I needed the deer to come down a certain trail and uh, I was set up for maybe one like on an intersection of this really really thick terrain feature that kind of funneled deer into a certain area. And with the wind I had, I felt that the deer were going to come through this uh, specific terrain feature. It was almost like a, a pinch point up into a staging area, and the wind was going to get sucked out into this field. Right. Well. As I get set up in the tree, I'm right on this really thick edge to where it opens up in the timber next to this really uh, thick terrain feature that leads into a field. And my wind kind of was shifting and blowing straight from the south to the north. And I, when I originally set up, I had it blowing from southwest to northeast, right? So it was out of the southwest to the northeast, and it kind of switched to straight south. Now, what happened was I turned around and putting my raincoat on, and I don't 100% know what direction the deer came from, but I do know that he popped out of this terrain feature. And the wind was consistent. It wasn't hard, and it wasn't soft. It was just kind of a, you know, after a storm front moves through, the wind direction kind of repositions, and it kind of repositioned from a southwest almost to a, a south, 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 southwest to a straight south, and sure enough, I turn around, and this buck is standing right where my wind has been blowing the entire hunt, right? So it, he came out of this terrain feature. He didn't, he didn't skirt it like, uh, like I had hoped that they, uh, they would, so this buck came out of that, and the more I think about this, the more I think that this buck at some point crossed through my scent stream, right? Because I was dropping uh, some milkweed, watching that wind the entire hunt, right? As long as it stayed to, I had this one tree picked out, as long as it stayed to the right of this tree, I felt I was fine. And it was staying to the right of this tree the whole time, and the buck popped up, and he was looking right at me. The and he, it, that buck was to the right of that tree as well. So, you know, do I think that this buck crossed my scent stream downwind? Yes, I do. Um, do I feel that he got a full whiff of everything? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But like the other two guys said in this in this uh, podcast, man, it's it's a great safety valve for if something like that does happen, right? We know what ozone does. We know that you know if used correctly, it can minimize your scent profile and disrupt it. And if if that's what it takes to kill uh, one of the biggest bucks. And, you know, a five-year-old deer in Iowa, yes, it's low pressure. Yes, you know, some of these, you know, you can say whatever you want to say about Iowa. But my experience is I feel that it helped in this scenario, right? Because I, the wind shifted. I may have been a little bit out of position. Uh, well, it also taught me that I should probably move deeper into that terrain feature from a strategy standpoint and let the the wind kind of be in the terrain feature 
as far as out of it. And uh, so that's just kind of my experience with, you know, how I feel it works. Now, like, just like the other two guys, man, I've had a ton of encounters where the does get downwind for some reason or they pop out into a field at a different location or, you know, like it's the rut and there's a young buck chasing and, and he gets downwind and chases the does downwind and uh, it doesn't seem to bother him. And because of that, I had encounters with some three-year-olds, some four-year-olds that maybe I didn't decide to shoot, but still they they didn't come downwind, but they were, you know, doing what I had planned on them to do because I do still hunt the wind. And uh, it's because of the does or the younger bucks not blowing that led me to have these encounters. And uh, if you ask me, that's, uh, that's uh, I feel that's well worth it. So that's just a little bit about how I use Ozonics and how, you know, uh, you know, some of the experiences that I've had, hopefully what this will allow you to do is, you know, I, I, unfortunately I I didn't want this to sound like a, I guess, uh, a straight up advertisement for the company because that's not what I'm about. I, I do strongly believe in this, uh, product and, uh, not just the uses that it has for hunting, but I use it at home, man. I like I clean my bathroom and then I'll run an ozonics in it because it kills bacteria. I got three kids and there's feces and urine all over the place in my house. And especially with a young boy who's still trying to learn how to pee, uh, it gets everywhere and bacteria goes bye-bye when you run it, especially like it, I'll, I'll close the door, run it in the bathroom, and then I'll turn on the vent to suck the, all that out but uh you know there's other applications for ozone other than just hunting and i I take advantage of that so um if you guys have any questions the first thing that you need to do is talk with a friend who's used it right no pressure just talk to a friend that's used it ask them what their uh you know i guess what what their experiences are because that's that's tends to be the most reliable right if you feel i'm trying to sell a product on this podcast all right don't ask me Go ask someone who's used it, right? Talk to them about what their experiences w- were with it. And I have a good feeling that they're going to be mostly positive. And after that, just go visit their website, ozonicshunting.com. And, uh, you know, look at look at the details there. They have a ton of information on, on how ozone works, what it does, everything, right? So uh, take advantage of that. Um, and uh, just check it out, man. Do your research. Just like any other hunting product, man, just do your research. And maybe it is for you, and maybe it isn't for you, right? But uh, at least give it a shot because I feel that uh, um, it gives us more opportunities, especially guys who are, are working a ton, right? I got three kids. I got a job, and it's I can't go out and hunt like I'm 20 anymore without kids, you know? I can't go and hunt every day. So when I do go hunt, I want everything to be right. I want to know that all the the, the deck is stacked in my favor. And I think this is just a product that, is, that helps with that. Um, so uh, go check it out. And uh, I think that brings us to the end of this podcast. Um, huge shout out to all the companies, not just Ozonics, but all the companies that support this podcast. Exodus, Ozonics, Wasp, Lone Wolf, Deer Lab, Prime, Ripcord, and Hunter Safety Systems. Um, if you want 
to subscribe to the podcast, you can search Nine Finger Chronicles on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Subscribe, please. Leave a re- review, please. And uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll cut it out here. If you're going to be in a tree, our friends at Hunter Safety Systems are reminding us to please wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week.